good it's me, George Huffnagel, back for another Talking Points bonus episode, featuring some of my favorite clips and bits that didn't quite make it into our last episode, which, as you may or may not remember, was about modes of communication. As in, how to pick the right method of communicating when you have something important to say. What we didn't get into as much, however, was what to do when you receive communication in an odd way. Like Jellyvision's senior manager in marketing, Jenny Fukumoto-Pasco, who shared a story about a strange text she received and how she reacted. I got a pretty loaded text, um, and I, it threw me off guard. This was not, I was not expecting this from this person. And I said, hey, do you want to meet up? And, you know, what's going on? This seems this seems off to me. You know, you want to meet up? And the response I got was, oh, whoops, that was not intentional. I accidentally sleep texted you. Like waking up in the middle of the night and just like sleepwalking, you pick up your phone, you unlock it, and you write down thoughts kind of that should go in your diary, but accidentally text them to people. It can happen when you are on like sleep aids or if you just have a lot of, you know, if you have like a hormonal chemical imbalance. But I understand why I I was turned down for a one-on-one conversation because I was really, I really thought this was something that needed to be addressed. And I guess it was just a sleep text, so we don't need to address it. Now, I worry enough already about committing text message atrocities while awake let alone when I'm sleeping and purging all my deepest, darkest thoughts. Now, continuing down this conversational line, writer-director Megan Manley shares how fraught texting can be with your significant other, especially when the stakes are high while trying to entertain guests. Here's Megan. I had friends in town this weekend who are also his friends, but they're it's my girlfriend from college and her husband. And we went to Montrose Beach to try to go paddleboarding. And this is something we've never done before, but we were like, people are in town. Let's do something fun. And so my husband drove us over there and there's no parking spots. Like, it's just a mess. And so he says, OK, I'll drop you three off and keep looking for parking. We're getting the paddle boards and I'm you know, texting him, like, should I get one for you? Like, have you found parking? What's going to happen? But I'm also talking to the paddleboard guy at the same time. And I'm sort of managing my guests trying to, you know, they don't know how what goes on here. So I have to be in charge of them too. And so I'm texting him really short, like, are you coming? Yes or no. And so I know I'm sounding super clipped and like rude and he's stressed because he's in the car trying to park. And I'm like, I know this is going to turn into a a communication disaster between me and him because, like, I don't want to sound clipped, but, like, I also need to manage all these things at once. Luckily, he was sympathetic to my situation and it didn't turn into a disaster, but we definitely have had that situation before where, like, someone just sends a really short text and it seems like they're pissed and that makes the other person pissed. But, like, Truly, this did not need to turn into the situation it did. It was just, you know, yeah, the way we were reading into things. I'm fortunate that I get to work with Megan on lots of projects. She has great creative instincts and has demonstrated a keen sense of how to improve those collaborations. However, whether it's written in a group setting or just one-on-one, it's not always clear how to best share feedback to improve the final product. Here's Megan again on her thoughts about how to handle the situation. When I can get notes from someone in a work meeting in person, 
it's so much more helpful than I think sometimes for just convenience sake or in order to do things quickly. We've had people give notes in the past over email or Slack or, you know, zoom into a meeting and just sort of throw their notes out there. I, I would love it if we could just not even call it notes of just like, hey, we're having a meeting to discuss how this thing went and sort of have back and forth about what we could change about it to make it better. And, and if that could happen with everyone in the same room in person, that's really helpful because I think it does, even just when you're on Zoom, it's easier to shut down your empathy and just sort of throw things out there and then turn the camera off and close out of the meeting and, you know, those people were just a box on your computer and it doesn't matter. Whereas if it's in person, like, you do have to, like, you know that you two are going to have to, when the meeting is done, exit the room together and, like, walk down the hallway. And so it forces you to kind of be a little more human. Talking better. Now, when it comes to verbal combat, writers for sure have an unfair advantage. Megan Kutz, whose favorite way to communicate is face-to-face, has been victim to this and explains how she went toe-to-toe with a writer and how it became a struggle to communicate. And I actually have come across that, not in text message, but in Slack, having a lengthy conversation with a writer who is much more adept at conveying through the written word than, than I am. Um, and so I was floundering. And, all, and also, I would say, cognitively, but also literally could not keep up with the conversation. Because this person, again, was just so adept at conveying their argument. So I was getting really flustered uh, and not doing as great a job. And then we met face-to-face later and got on the same page very quickly. Good job finding a solution, Megan. And it aligns nicely with what our expert, Jellyvision's SVP of People, Kelly Dean, had warned us about in the last episode. Specifically, not using digital media like Slack to try and hash out our problems. Because as great as Slack can be, written sparring often results in unnecessary escalation, which eventually lands you in the office of someone like her to awkwardly discuss what happened. So yeah, don't do that, and meet face-to-face whenever possible to sort out your problems. Now, if you're trying to schedule a meeting, are you the accommodating type, or do you live the busy life and have a tough time squeezing folks in? Either way, our final tip comes from Jenny, who has developed a pet peeve about open-ended email conversations when trying to do just that. Here's Jenny. Something that's taken me a long time to realize, but when you're scheduling something with someone, I used to say, you know, when are you free next week? Versus, I'm free Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Any chance you're free within that constraint as well? Because making it easier for other people to say a yes or a no versus let me go pull up my calendar that's something I've noticed. I, I get a little, it's now a little pet peeve of mine when, when people are like, oh, you know, what works for you? Like very open-ended. And you're like, I don't know, tell me what works for you. And then I'll tell you if that works for me too. But as um, that's taken a long time for me to figure out. So I was a past offender of that, but now I'm pretty explicit with here are some times that work for me. It's a pain in the butt to like list out your whole schedule sometimes, but it's easier for the other person. So why not make it as easy as possible to get somebody to say yes to meeting with you? Same, Jenny. Same. Okay. We'll be back real soon for our next episode as we dive into the gnarly topic of difficult conversations. 
where we cringe, recoil, and flinch about having to foray into the quagmire of conflict in order to get to resolution. Come for Sean's pearl clutching. Stay for the free therapy. Until then, I leave you with a little lightning round I did with Sean and all of our guests about communication preferences, where I ask them, if you had to choose, how would you communicate the following? Ask for advice on your career. Career advice is always an in-person thing. A text message to, like, a group of my friends. Talk to wife. Express an opinion about pop culture. Social media. At the bar. That's like a tweet I write and then delete before actually posting it. Express a personal grievance with a friend. If I want to address that, I have to do it in person. Yeah, at the bar. In person. On the phone's fine, too. Also talk to wife. Not friend ever. (laughs) Seek advice for somewhere to eat. Text message. Google. That's when you got to crowdsource. Discuss a political opinion. I think the best would be in person. Facebook. Private Instagram chat with my four longtime guy friends. Respond to a confusing text message. I put out the invitation for an in-person or a phone call. With a text message. Don't. Or make a joke about a past mistake. (laughs) That could happen over any mode. Twitter or Instagram. I've got to let my followers know. Uh, Every form of communication that's ever existed over and over again daily and dwell for as long as until I die. Talking better.